0: I ended up being seven months kind of unintentionally without a gym membership, but those seven months and a little before that, you know, when I was kind of starting this journey, yeah. was the time where I finally shed and released all of the weight that I had been holding on to for over a year at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And it was because I finally let go of trying to like hate myself into being different, mm-hmm. I finally let go. Of the emotional weight that I was holding on to of constantly feeling not good enough.
1: Hey, you. Welcome to the Let's Get 'em podcast. I am your host, Emily Bott, an emotional wellness coach on a mission to end the struggle with food and our bodies. I am a firm believer that our lives are as good as we make them, and the obsession with food and our looks is no longer cutting it. This podcast is for you if you want to remember that you are more than a number on a scale or a gene size. So if you are ready to reconnect with who you genuinely are through relatable, practical, and spiritual tips, then I'm your girl. Remember, I've got your back and you've got mine. We are all on our self-love journeys together, so let's get them. Hello, what is up everybody? So today's guest episode is by far my favorite that I've hosted so far, okay? So I have um, somebody on the podcast, her name, you will probably know her as Samantha Daly on Instagram. Sam is a life and mindset coach, yoga instructor, and wellness blogger from New York. Her journey into the world of self-development began after she graduated college and decided to take the untraditional path by turning down her corporate job and moving to Europe. She packed her life into two suitcases and left everything behind to explore the world, expand her mind, and find her purpose. Now... As a professional coach, she helps women all over the world rewire their subconscious minds, improve their relationships, attract love and money, and manifest their dreams by empowering them with elite mindset tools and powerful daily rituals. On her Instagram and podcast, Makeshift Happen, she shares candid conversations, transformational tools, and expert mindset hacks. Through these platforms, she hopes to help others find simple ways to make positive changes as well as inspire them to try new things, take care of their bodies and minds, and love themselves a little more each day. That is the perfect bio to sum up this podcast episode and the entirety of Sam as I know her. As a quick little sneak peek, what we are about to chat about is body image right if you are tired of looking in the mirror and hating yourself berating yourself maybe you're stuck in that diet binge cycle right and you think there's got to be a better way you'll get to hear how sam went through this herself and how she really was able to release all that emotional and physical weight through um her journey and i don't want to give too much away because it's uh, it's just so juicy Another thing that we chat about is how to tune into yourself, how to know, how to make really big life decisions as you're going to find out this woman is super courageous and bold and in the pursuit of what lights her soul on fire she is basically fearless so if you want to learn how she you know started flexing that muscle how she began to make decisions um from her heart instead of her ego and how that has ultimately served her in the life that she is living today and how you can too right how you can shift and ultimately make shift happen (laughs) ha 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 um then this episode is absolutely up your alley so I hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, I will stop talking and let you guys listen to this episode. Okay, awesome. I think this is working. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Get On um podcast. I am so excited to have this guest um, on the show today. Her name is Sam, and if you guys follow anybody on social media, her name is Samantha Daly. Is that correct? Yes. Your handle on Instagram. Yeah. She is you know, the reason that I have her on the show before I even allow her to speak right now is because her energy is just so inspiring. Like I, whenever I go on social media, I think, I always talk about this, but social media is such a tool and it just depends upon how you use it. And so I think what you're looking for, you find, and if you want something that is super empowering, uplifting, you can totally find those individuals. And if that's not really what you're searching for, um, then, you know, you can kind of go down the rabbit hole on the other side as well. But Sam is somebody who, whenever I land on her page, she's just so fun. She's so playful, especially on Instagram. And I just am so attracted to her energy. You guys know that I'm super like into all that stuff. So I think that, um, She's just gonna be a really great person to interview today on the podcast. And I'm just so like super excited to get to know
0: you. Um, yes, so welcome, welcome. Thank you. Hi guys, how's everyone Hi. doing? I'm super excited to be here. Um I love these kinds of conversations just with other like-minded women in this space that are mm-hmm. seeking more and doing all the things and trying to help the collective raise their vibration and evolve and change and grow into their best selves. So I am mm-hmm. absolutely honored to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, yes. I oh god, I love that. I think that I don't often find many
1: other individuals who are really into like constant evolution and unfolding of life and just let's continue to expand and grow. And I think when, when I find other people like that who are just so open and so just like unapologetically themselves. I think that that's something that I, I am like, oh, I need to meet you. I need to talk to you. Let's chat. Let's, let's tell me your life story. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for, for doing you and all of that. So I'm going to let you talk and kind of explain who you are, kind of where you are too. I think that's your story is super cool. Um, But yeah, whatever you want to share, again, this is a completely open podcast. Like anything goes. Um,
0: Yeah. You just tell me a little bit about you, girl. Okay, so we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we hit record, but basically, uh, well, I'm a life and mindset coach in terms of what I do for a living. I haven't always done that, so it's been a journey to get to this uh, place, so we can kind of chat about that too, if you want to. But um that's what I do now. I'm a life and mindset coach, and I help millennial women who are in a space in their lives where they really want to create change, whether you know what they have is good and they just, feel that feeling of like, I want more. I want this to be even better than what it is. Or they're in a place where they feel like they're not happy. They're not content with what they have. They dislike their jobs. They're not sure about their career path. They um, aren't sure about the relationship that they're in, or they're tired of being single. And they're like, how the heck do I Mm -hmm. do that in today's world and find a quality person? Like I'm ready for that. So You know, those are kind of some of the things that I work on my clients with in terms of life and mindset, relationship, career, money. Those are the really big themes that we that we dive into. But I'm located in Madrid, Spain, which might be different for some people. Um, I'm obviously not from Spain, you can tell by my accent. Um, I'm not from here, but I so I grew up in the States. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, but I studied abroad here when I was in college and Messed around on a dating app, met a guy, fell in love, long story, here I am, <laughs> five years later. It's an amazing
1: long, like, yeah. Never left. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never left. Um, yeah, that's the, the, the very short version, the very condensed version of that story, but that was a whole crazy journey in and of itself. But that's how mm. I got to Spain. Um, when I originally came here, I was just going to come for a year to kind of be able to travel more and dive deeper into learning the language and hopefully become fluent because I had gotten uh, close while I was studying abroad, but I wasn't quite there yet. And that was a life goal of mine was to really, really be able to fully speak Spanish. So mm. I wanted to do that. And I also wanted to see where this like relationship was going to go with this guy. I was like, I just can't, I can't leave this loose end. Like I have to mm. explore this. So I declined my corporate job offer that I got in Chicago, which was a really big deal for me. Cause that was like a dream city that I wanted to live in. I wanted to be like, the boss babe like you know doing yeah. that thing independent you know in this big city like living in a trendy apartment there's mm-hmm. so many cool fun things to do in Chicago like I really visualized that that lifestyle for myself and then when push came to shove I was like I feel like I would probably wake up in six to nine months and all the shiny shit would wear off and I would just hate my job. And I would just hate Mm. (laughs) my life, like waking up Mm -hmm. every day and going to this office and doing this thing that seemed really shiny and cool, like, you know, as a new grad. So I let go of that. And I decided to decline that job and come out to Europe and teach English for a year. That was the plan to just teach for a year and allow myself the space to do those things, right? To travel, to learn the language and to explore dating this person while living in the same city. Cause we had been long distance for a year, cross continental, across the whole ocean. So mm. that was exciting to be able to be in the same space. And, you know, we didn't live together, but just to date like normal people, like living yeah. in the same city. So that's what I did. And then obviously, you know, that year turned into two, turned into three, four five. And, and here we are. And I, you know, quit lots of jobs, um, I got fired, I was unemployed, uh, I got a dream job where I was paid to travel to yoga retreats in Greece and Indonesia, and then lost that job, and, you know, then I became a coach, started a business, like, built this whole thing, and now I have a podcast, and so it's been, yeah, it's been quite, it's been quite the journey, but it's been amazing. Wow. I am just speechless by, by all of that. Um,
1: you know, it's so interesting when you were explaining how you, first of all, like how you declined your, your corporate job. Right. And then you went to, to live in, in Spain, like that must've been a really difficult decision or at least like a, like a a hard one. And I don't want to like put words in your mouth or anything about your experience, but that like, I just so respect that, that, you know, that, that choice to, to choose something that maybe not everybody is always doing right. Like it, it's so easy to go kind of with the grain. I talk about this a lot and kind of just do what everybody kind of does. But when you, you know, con- like sit with yourself and ask, Hey, is this really for me? Like, is this my belief that I hold true about myself? And is this what's in my best interest? Or is this just the, the interest of everybody around me? And like, you sit with yourself and you really get clear. Cause it's really hard to, you know, get channel out the noise, right? Like really sit with yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, your ability to discern what was yours and what was theirs, it, that's just, like, such a, a beautiful awareness that you have about yourself, you know, and can you just speak more about that, like, how, how I mean, obviously, I think when you're in those, when you're making the decisions, you kind of don't always know, like, I think that there's never going to be, like, a complete, and this is just my belief, like, there's always going to be a little bit of, like, hmm, you know, it could go either way, but Like when you made that decision, what was your thinking? Like, was it hard to to say no to to that job? Was it hard to, like, what did you tell your family, like your friends? What were they thinking? I'm just curious, like, how did you deal with um, choosing something different, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, too, for me when I reflect on it, because obviously now, you know, being in this world of personal development and doing this Mm -hmm. work as a coach, this is something that I help others with, right, is to really listen, tune in, find their intuition, listen to what's true for them, and Mm -hmm. kind of drown out the opinions of other people and be able to stand in the face of fear and continue to do the courageous thing that you know is right for you because it feels right. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I wasn't, I didn't have all of the vocabulary or the awareness around what I was actually doing. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting for myself when I reflect back on that to be like, wow, you know, like that is something that I help people with and I coach people through now. Um, But I didn't even realize that I was Doing what I was doing when I was doing it, in a Mm. sense. And, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play with, I think, why I was able to do that. Um, But the more that I learn about myself, um, I'm able to understand what some of those elements are. So, you know, if anybody listening is into astrology or they know anything about their um, sun, moon, and rising, or they've had a natal chart reading or something, you know, that can give you um, an indication for some of your tendencies and kind of like what your soul is asking of you in this lifetime. And something about, you know, I'm a Sagittarius, so I have a wanderlust heart by nature. Mm, Like, I want to explore and travel and expand and see new places and do new things. So that has always been in my nature. And I remember as a kid, my family didn't really travel that much. And I like I lived a very fortunate and privileged life, but a lot of the people around me were always going on spring break vacations and their Mm -hmm. families were going to the Bahamas or wherever in the Caribbean, doing all this stuff. Like I never really did that with my family. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking (laughs) as a kid, like when I'm older and I have money, (laughs) I'm Mm going to travel like to Mm -hmm. so many cool places. I just really wanted that for myself. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to travel. And I think that plays a huge role Um, You know, it's it's one of my values. Adventure and travel is one of my values. Mm -hmm. So of course, it's going to be important to me, maybe more important to me than it would be to the next person to, you know, turn down a safe job option in order to go to another country and be able to travel and explore. So that's one element of it. And then, you know, if anybody's familiar familiar with human design, this is a whole other way to look at and study your soul's blueprint and get so much information about, mm-hmm. you know, your code and how you make decisions. And I'm no expert at all; like I'm just learning this as well. But something that I do know about myself is that I have sacral authority. So I, mm. my, my gut is I'm, I'm, I'm designed to listen to my gut right that is my authority mm. that's what what tells me what to do so even before i knew about intuition or i knew how to tune into it or listen to it or the importance of doing that i was already designed and built in a way that that was how i was going to make decisions i was going to make decisions from that gut feeling of what's right mm. and what i want to do and i think that really helped me make that decision ultimately too because i remember being scared for sure to tell my parents like I'm not going to get a job after you just helped me paid for mm-hmm. all of this education. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry. Bye. Um, I remember being terrified obviously to tell them that because I love my parents dearly. Mm. I respect them so deeply. They've, you know, given me so much and provided so much for me and they are like a living depiction of the American dream of growing up with very little mm-hmm. and creating a lot for your children, right? Mm-hmm. So they grew mm-hmm. up with very little, worked extremely hard. Like my dad had, and my mom both have worked multiple jobs since they were kids, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, they paid for everything on their own. They paid for all of their own education. They had to move out as soon as they turned 18, had to pay for their mm-hmm. um college, had to pay for cars, had to pay for insurance, had to pay for their whole wedding, had to pay for their honeymoon. Like they had oh, they paid okay. for everything on their own. That that coming from you know very humble beginnings, so of course you know them being able to support me in having an an incredible education and going to the Ohio State University and getting um, an amazing degree and you know studying abroad like Mm -hmm. all of that was because of you know what they helped me do. So yeah, that was a scary thing to think like I'm letting them down or Mm -hmm. you know this is going to disappoint them or. Mm Mm -hmm. I should just be grateful for what they've given me. And I should use the degree that they essentially, you know, helped provide me with and do this job. Like obviously all those thoughts went through my head. And I think we are, we're meant to process those things. And it's important that I did think about those things and not just jump right to, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. So it wasn't really like that at all, but I did have that strong inner knowing of like, it's not Right for you to just sit here and do something that you don't, that you're not sure that you're going to love when there's this other option that feels really, really exciting and expansive to you. Mm -hmm. Like that was the distinction was this one thing obviously looks good on paper. Yeah. And is exciting from an ego perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Of, oh my Mm -hmm. God, I went Mm -hmm. and I did this job interview and they offered me the job at like over the table which was Mm -hmm. really cool. You know, I was super proud of myself. They were like, we never do this, but we've loved you. Like, we're super excited. We want to bring you on. Like, you have the job, like, Mm -hmm. think about it. Let us know. But like, you have the job. And like, the boss came in and shook my hand and was like, the job is yours, basically on the spot. So Um. Ego's thriving, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Ego's thriving in that moment, which makes that exciting and enticing, and blah, you know, you get starstruck of that that idea mm-hmm. of of living that kind of life that a lot of people uh, are seeking, right? A lot of people dream about those things. So it was exciting in that way, but it was very clear that it was it was egoic. Whereas the other mm-hmm. excitement that I had was like a heart centered. intuitive excitement of like, there's something there that you're meant to experience, right? Like you Mm. can't let this go. You can't let this loose end just float away. Like you will regret for the rest of your life if you don't give this a try. That was Mm. kind of the energy. So Mm. that's how I ultimately made the decision. And I definitely put off telling my parents for the longest time. Like (laughs) I went, I, I like drove six hours from school, to go to this like job interview for one of the programs abroad to teach to teach abroad and like only my roommates knew like I didn't tell anybody yeah. I just like drove there and like found someone who I could stay with and I slept overnight and on a Sunday night woke up on a Monday went to this interview and then drove six hours back to Columbus oh to go back to school mm. yeah like it was like clearly I was keeping I was being secretive like <laughs> They weren't, they so, weren't exactly yeah. up to date with all the, the ongoing no. and whatnot. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I definitely put that off mm-hmm. for a good while because it was, it was scary. Like it is, yeah. it's hard to confront the opinions of other people, especially people that you love mm-hmm. and the people whose opinions that you do care about and that you value. Mm-hmm. Um, and also mm-hmm. knowing that their opinion was probably going to be in direct contrast to mine and that I was going to have to be okay with that. And I was going to have to stand my ground with that. Mm. Oh yeah.
1: My goodness. Wow. Okay. So much to unpack there. So I guess the one thing that I, I really want to highlight is the fact that, like you said, you, you held space for both the idea that, you know what, there is going to be contrast with their beliefs, right? You, you were allowed, you allowed again, like for whatever was going to come up with them, right? Whatever. Cause again, like you said, based upon their lived experience, they worked from the ground up. They, they had, you know, they got the jobs, they, they made everything happen. Your parents, right. They paid everything college that the basically everything you just said and then you going off and doing something else to them like you know our, our beliefs are based upon our own lived experience so it, it makes so much sense as to why they might have had like that belief of, what are you doing this doesn't make sense this isn't smart what like we've done everything you know and the fact that you were able to allow that to be there and still hold true to yourself right like really hold your ground and and another thing that um, I just really respect that, I just wanted to highlight that in you. And another thing that you said was just kind of that that ego, right? The, the idea of, you know, your drive to go to Spain and do this and, and you know, teach and live abroad and do the, this thing that you knew that you were going to regret if you didn't try, right? Versus the, the corporate job, the kind of that egoic, um, the shiny object syndrome, right? Like that idea of, you know, this sounds really good on paper. This is what I like. This is what the dream is like, the American dream. Um, This is so funny. I'm reading um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Have you ever read it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm reading it right now and I'm, i literally last night, this is hilarious. I was going through the, just like the first chapter, I'm a very slow reader. And he was saying that when we make decisions, like it's based upon our value system and you know, there's the two different kinds of values. There's, there's the higher ones and there's lower ones and the higher ones pull you up and then the lower ones bring you down. And when you make a decision out of like ego and there, there was like ego, envy, jealousy, or anger, um, I read, you know, it's over there, but fear, maybe, yeah, fear was probably one of them too. Um, you know, that, that just like, it, it was just giving you like perspective of, Hey, do an inventory of like your three best decisions and your three worst decisions. Um, and ask yourself, where did those come from? Like, what was the underlying value that you were um, basing those decisions off of? And so when you just said like that egoic decision of, you know, you going to do the corporate job at that point in your life would have been for the notoriety for like what it looks like for all that stuff right yeah whereas like your heart your your mission you're the center of you that was like no 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 this is what's actually for you right now and like you said you're um you're like a gut into intuitive person I don't know what the word was for mm-hmm. that um like that there's there's just such like a huge difference there right and and I think that so many of us when we're just either like starting off in our life or however old we are like we get really afraid to to, again, like just go against the grain or do what's actually best for us. And the fact is like, I think just getting down and asking yourself what is truly for me, right? Like what is is this, like you said, is this decision based upon what others expect of me? Is this something that, you know, in the future I'm going to look back on in 10, 20 years and wish that, you know, man, I, I, I could, I could have taken courageous action there. Like, what would that have been? you know, and even if it doesn't always work out the way that you planned it to, you know, I always think that at least you tried and at least you followed that. I think when you're following your heart and like your, intuit, your intuition and your gut, like you, you can't go wrong. Like I think everything truly does continue to happen for us if we choose to see it like that. And so if anything, it's just going to give us the life experience that we need at that point in time to continue making the, the, the best decision for ourselves. Um. So yeah, I just, I just really wanted to again just like highlight that and that's just like such an amazing like thing that you were able to do at like a pretty young age too you know like I feel like early 20s I mean there's so much going on in your life you know there, there, there's so much change there's so much opportunity as well and you know kind of deciding and becoming super clear on what you want to do it can be a
0: little bit difficult so again like that's just so awesome Um, Yeah. You know, I actually had um, at my graduation, I had, we do, I don't know if everybody does this, but we, we did this thing where you, you decorate your graduation cap. Like you said you went to Ohio state. Yeah. Okay. Um, So it's kind of cheesy, but like the girls all decorate their graduation cap, like with like a quote or Mm. something funny or, you know, just something that kind of represents your experience or your personality in some way. And I, I put this quote on my, on my cap that said, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Mm. And every time I look back at that, I just think that it's so, it's almost like ironic because I didn't even know the extent to how much that was going to be my experience moving forward because, Mm. you know, declining that job and moving abroad was one of many very scary decisions that I've had to make in order to follow mm-hmm. my heart and follow what excites me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, so I didn't know at the time the magnitude of like what that was, but you know, I walked through the Ohio stadium, grabbed my diploma, like wearing that on my head. And I feel like that is so symbolic, you know, that like transition of me from youth into adulthood wearing this quote plastered on my head that literally says, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire, because mm. that is like, that is a mantra of my life and the work that I help my clients do now. And I had no idea like mm. how much that would ring true years yeah. after.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's so funny when we reflect and, and at least in my experience too, it's like, when I look back on some of the things that I've done, I'm like, wow, wow like little did I know at whatever age that I was that like, this is going to be what was going to happen next. And like, again, like the fearlessness that was going to that, that muscle that I was going to grow. Right. Like, I don't think, I think so often we, we have this like perception of ourselves at like a certain age and whatever path that we think that we're going to be taking, whatever that's going to lead us. Like it's, it's always different. Like it's, it's always my mentor. Oh, Samantha Skelly, I think you actually had her on your podcast. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. But she always used to tell us that she's like, guys, like nothing's ever going to go as planned. And it's always going to be like, whatever you think or something better. Like it might not be the same thing, but it's it, it going to be something better. And you might not see it at that that point in time as like something better. It might be like, okay, this is like a shit show what's going on, but it always is going to be like happening for you in some way, shape or form. And I think about that a lot too, because I think so often we, we might beat ourselves up about like where we're at. Um, Like on my podcast, I talk a lot about like struggling with your relationship to food and body. And so I think a lot of my listeners are like in a place sometimes where they're like, oh, why am I, why am I stuck here? Or why is this happening? Or X, Y, and Z. And there's a lot of just like these, these self-deprecating belief systems that I think a lot of us hold ourselves in. If that's shame, if that's embarrassment, if that's just like, you know, just like that stuckness, that stagnation. And I think so often, I too have to remind myself like, hey, you know what, Um, like everything is unfolding in perfect timing. And and the reason for what I'm sorry, there was the reason for for things that are occurring, though, it might be completely like out of my, like scope, and my understanding at this moment, like it is going to, you know, unfold how how it's supposed to, if that makes sense. And, and I, I think that's one of the like the belief systems that I also had to cultivate because I didn't always have that, right? Like I wasn't taught this in school. I wasn't, I, so I went to UW Madison. Like I didn't take a class that like taught me all this stuff, right? I think this is all, I'm sure it's very similar for you. Like this is all stuff that I, you know, researched or read about and really dove into, right? Because I like these, this type of work and this type of thinking or whatever that is for you, like, again, you, you aren't, given that in a curriculum and an edu- in a formal education so i guess this is like a little tangent but like how did you start getting into this like deeper soul purpose work i don't really know if that's a sentence or a question but yeah like how did you start to like really dive into this stuff because i know it lights my soul on fire but i'm curious how you
0: like got into it yeah so i think it's interesting um, this kind of ties in really nicely with what you've just said, because my sort of entrance into the world of personal development and discovering more about these mindsets and choosing your belief system in order to serve the the mm-hmm. journey was, it it began for me through like body image stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was like my entrance point, which I think it is for a lot of people, right? Because yeah. you can do a lot for a long time to try mm-hmm. to you know, manipulate your body into something that you feel is lovable, and then after you do that so much that you realize it's not working, <laughs> you're like, Um, okay, like there must be something else, right? It's right. probably right. not the food, it's probably not the workouts because I've tried every diet under the sun and mm-hmm. I work out like a psychopath, and I still don't like myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So that's, you know, a lot of the, the realization that a lot of us come to, especially women is like, Oh my God, like what I, I feel like I'm doing everything right. and nothing is changing and nothing is happening and nothing is Absolutely. working. And so that was sort of my experience. So after I had studied abroad in Spain, that was like a huge free-for-all of like drinking, partying, mm-hmm. eating, traveling, <laughs> yeah. not sleeping, like doing all the things, right? <laughs> really Amazing. taking care of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> best time of my life, but also hard on the bod. Like so, garbage. Can. My body home. was a garbage can for sure. Oh yeah. 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 Literally just like open mouth food and alcohol going yeah. in yeah. <laughs> at all times. So yeah, I got home from, from that and I saw myself in the mirror and I like really could not believe what, I saw like it, Mm -hmm. it just like, it didn't feel like me. It didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. I have never been a person who's like, until that point felt like I would ever struggle with my weight because Mm -hmm. I was always really naturally small. Mm -hmm. And actually when I was younger, I would actively try to gain weight because I felt Mm -hmm. like I looked so, like childlike, especially in high school. Like I didn't have any curves. I was very skinny. Like Mm -hmm. I just felt like I looked like a little girl. I wanted to be curvier. Like I, I wanted to be bigger in that sense. Um, so I never thought that that would be a journey that I would go on until Mm -hmm. I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, Whoa, that doesn't, I don't recognize myself. That doesn't look like me. I don't like this. I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Like this feels yucky. So that sent me on a whole year long journey of like all the dieting workouts, you know, excessive overdoing Mm -hmm. it and then binging restricting and then going crazy being all in, like, I'm going to change my life. And then being all out being like, fuck it. I just want to have fun, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. back and forth. yo-yo up and down all the time so after a year of doing that and changing literally nothing um (laughs) I (laughs) graduated and I came to Spain to you know teach and be here and see what would happen and that's when I was really like I need to figure out like a better way to do this because like I'm tired of not liking myself I'm tired of not feeling confident I'm tired of not feeling desirable I'm tired of like standing and posing for pictures, and spreading my legs so far apart to try and like create a gap between my thighs, and like mm-hmm. pushing my chest out, and you know pulling my shoulder blades in so that my arms go back, and you can't see how big my arms are, and right. you know yeah. all the, cr- and then like sucking in, and then pu- but also putting your butt out, like just the poses that we myself. do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just contorting myself in life in general to feel good enough, right. Um, and, and so I was like this, there has to be something else. Like, I'm, I'm so sick of this. I'm so done. So I did this, I started this 30 day challenge with Danette May. I don't know if you know her. I don't think I do. Okay. So yeah, she's kind of like in, you know, she's in the online space. Yeah. Um, and so I did her 30 day challenge and I remember, I always talk about this with clients. I remember it was $50. Like it was really, 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 really low price. And you got yeah recipes and menus and workouts and meditations and you know she was live in the Facebook group all the time and there was a lot of value I had never done something like that before now that I'm a coach I look back on it and I'm like whoa that was a really amazing program for the price that it was run for yeah but I remember thinking for like three days is it worth it should I spend this fifty dollars like can Mm. I afford this And I'm so glad that I had that experience. Not only did it teach me about the the power in investing yourself and putting Mm. yourself in that path to be able to begin to evolve, because that was just one stepping stone into a much bigger journey and massive evolution for myself. Um, But yeah, it also taught me about the importance of affirmation and Mm. meditation and things that I knew about, because I had always practiced yoga since I was a little girl, but I I had never connected the dots between like, that's going to help me lose weight or mm. that's going to help me feel better in my body, right? Mm. Like, I just felt like mm. meditating was good for the mind, mm. but I didn't think about meditating being good for the body. But what mm. happened was when I did that 30-day challenge, I stopped going to the gym like as intensely, and then a little while after that, I actually stopped going to the gym altogether for about seven months. Because at the end of that year, I decided that I was going to move in with my boyfriend because I was sharing a flat with ten people, and I was like, "This oh, is not wow. a vibe anymore. <laughs> this is not a vibe <laughs> this is not I Gotta a vibe. get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I moved to a different part of the city, and so you know, I left my gym membership, and I was kind of in this limbo of like, "Am I going to get a gym around here? Where do I want to go?" I ended up being seven months kind of unintentionally without a gym membership. But those seven months and a little before that, you know, when I was kind of starting this journey was the time where I finally shed and released all of the weight that I had been holding on to for over a year at that Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And it was because I finally let go of trying to like hate myself into being different.
1: Mm -hmm. i
0: finally let go of the emotional weight that i was holding on to of constantly feeling not good enough of constantly feeling uncomfortable in my body and looking in the mirror and having that be like a daily negative experience for myself and a source of negative self-talk like the affirmations and the meditations and the intuitive movement that was much more like low impact and kinder to my body and the yoga and all the kind of new stuff that I was adopting together as a whole, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of that holistically as one was the thing that like, like I lost all of the weight plus more. mm mm-hmm like mm-hmm. I looked better than I had in forever and like yeah. I wasn't going to the gym and running on the treadmill and doing burpees and doing hit and mm-hmm. all the other things that I had, you know, bought for years was going to be yeah. the thing that like made me lose weight, right? Yes. So that was a crazy experience. That was the catalyst to open the door for me into the personal development world and this space and the power of doing this work mm-hmm. was like, whoa there's a lot to be said for the mindset piece of, you know, everything like the mind connects it all, right? Like the mind is the control center of the body. So when you Mm -hmm. fix the mind, you fix a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like every single part of me is like, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's so interesting how we live in a world where we really do neglect like our mental emotional experience with everything. And, when I started meditating, like I didn't understand it. I thought like it was so painful, right? Like I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I can't sit still? Like my mind is something that isn't, it's the enemy, right? Like in my head, I was always running away from it. It was, um, I, I was, I was constantly finding avenues to distract myself, whether that was like throwing it myself into more school or whether that was, you know, going to the gym or whatever that was like, I couldn't just sit with myself because again, I had like demonized the mind. And when I started like the practice like, of meditation and, and slowing down, because I too used to be somebody who was like super hardcore masculine constantly, like, my energy was like, hustle, 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 like I got to do things 24 seven. And when I started to like, slow down and, and sit with myself and learn to to work with the mind and just observe it, it's, it's so interesting how like i i too found that the emotional and like mental weight that like i carry on my body like it, it is such like it's so much more tied into the mind than people like realize um and i i just i love that you kind of what you were saying there it's like you do hold that on your body too like i like oh my goodness of course and i think so often we we we're, we're constantly given messages of you need to work harder to do this you need to work out more you need to look a certain way like kind of like you were saying right i mean the, the idea of wow I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was just sick of, of that constant uh, negative self talk right that that constant deprecation that like you know I think that many women experience I haven't met somebody yet who has not kind of know what I'm I'm speaking about here but right like, like I think there's just a point where I too was like there's got to be another way like like there's there's got to be another way and yeah that that also kind of was the catalyst into my own like personal development journey as well and just kind of becoming a lot more introspective and in, and in, and following you know different aspects of my body now, like not like physical body but like my my heart my soul like s- started listening and tuning into those because again, we're not taught that <laughs> we're not we're mm-hmm. not we're not really given that in the at least in the mainstream like western world right like of um, yeah, I don't know that was just like a little tangent, but i I too, am just, um, I think that there's so much to be said about, like you said, affirmations and and meditation and these practices that can really help. And you know what? It's funny because I, like you said, you were doing yoga as a little girl. I never, and I still don't really do yoga, which is something that I like, I want to get more into, but I just had Mm -hmm. like, my soul hasn't been like, okay, like go do it now. Um, which is fine. Like whenever it's ready, I'll, I'll go for it. But Um, that's so interesting. So did you, and this is just a question, did you grow up like in a community? Like, was your mom super into yoga? Did you have friends doing it? Like what, what was your perception of yoga that was it more just like for your body?
0: Yeah. So the reason that I did yoga from quite a young age was because of my mom. So she Mm -hmm. had just like different yoga tapes that we would do together, Mm -hmm. like in the, in the family room. So, you know, she would roll out her mat and I would just like, yeah, be next to her on the floor of the living room. And we would do like a little yoga or Pilates class together Mm. at home. so that's like how I was introduced to yoga was definitely through my mom. And, you know, I think it's funny now that I look back on it because I didn't even really realize how much of like how much spiritual content was really around me because Like my, I didn't grow up in a really religious household. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't have super strong, prevalent religious beliefs or practices. Um, But my mom, obviously she loved yoga and she had our cupboard, our kitchen cupboard where all the plates and cups and coffee mugs and everything were, when you open up the kitchen cupboard she covered the inside door of that cupboard with like all of these inspiring quotes and like positive affirmations and Mm -hmm. things. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know what they were at the time. I just thought, you know, my mom likes positivity, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Like she had things up there, like some that I can remember off the top of my head was like, is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Like she would always remind us to ask ourselves that before we mm. spoke to people or for, before we said anything and just things like that. So she had that. And then, you know, she had like the, the Dao tea, uh, and she had mm. a little Zen garden, you know, like the sand that you can like brush back and forth as kind of like a mindfulness tool oh that was God. in another room in our house. And she had these little, like, um, she had like a mini, not like a gong, but like a little a little mini um like bell that you would ring like a meditation bell like you ding it and it's like so there was spiritual content around me but like i was not consciously aware of what it meant or where it was coming from or what it was now i'm like oh my god mom you're like a spiritual wizard and <laughs> like i didn't even like super know cool. it, you know? like that. <laughs> yeah you're like super cool oh god let's <laughs> hang out um yeah. So yeah, like there was definitely stuff around me, but I I wasn't really aware of what it meant or any of that stuff. So yoga in the beginning for me was really yeah it was about the body like it was yeah. it was asana right it was the it was the mm-hmm. physical practice it was the poses um, and even in into high school I had a lot of friends I was a dancer growing up so you know yoga is a, a practice that involves a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. so that was kind of, it was very similar to us as dancers as, you know, like a deep sort of stretch class. Mm. so I had a lot of friends that liked yoga and we would go to Bikram or we would go to a yoga class here and there mm-hmm. just for fun as like something to do we loved that type of movement you yeah. know that was like kind of our sport in a sense yeah and then same thing when I went to college I had a couple friends that were into it and we would go to a few classes here and there but I, I didn't have like an established practice or anything and it definitely was very much about the body. It wasn't yeah. anything deeper than that really until I started to, you know, get more into this journey. And then I actually became a yoga teacher myself and oh my I God, did my training. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I it's totally not so much more way. than that to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that um, a few years ago now. Wow. Yeah. It was not this past summer, but the one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: That is that's so interesting. Well, one, that that's so fun, like go you. Um, but yeah, like, again, that mind-body connection, it's it's so funny. I, you know, I didn't, I, like I said, I'm not like super into yoga, but one thing that I, I love, and I talk about this pretty often, but like when I was really going through, I, I don't know if like I, I went through an eating disorder. I didn't even like tell you about this, but like when I was really overcoming that in college, one of the things that helped me was like, I started this bar class and it was so different from, the the workout, quote unquote workout that I was used to because I was so used to like yeah. waking up, like running a million miles, doing the intense hit workout or just like berating myself in the gym, right? And this is the yeah. first time that I like would slow down and like feel into my body. And like again, like it's um there there's a lot more like because the bar workout that I do is a mix of like uh um, ballet and Pilates. And so I was like at a bar and I was I had never done this before. Like when I was younger I was I did gymnastics and I was like a cheerleader. But again like very um like, masculine, like, hardcore type of workouts, right? Yeah. So this is the first time that I slowed down and, like, became connected to, like, my body and different muscles or, like, things that I had within me that I'm, like, I didn't, first of all, I didn't even know that I had. That's cool. Um, But also just kind of, like, you said that spiritual aspect of the, the workout, too. Like, th- there was so much more, like, intuitiveness and connectedness, like, with the self and, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I, and when I, when I started that, it was just like a whim decision to like try a class for free. Cause like my friend had like a little membership, whatever. And I, I always look back on that and I'm like, so thankful, you know, one that I tried it that I, I was just like, sure, why not? You know? Um, but two that I, I stuck with it because at first I was, it, it was very skeptical. And then the more that I did it, the more that it grew on me. I was like, Oh wait, there's something here. And yeah, it, it's just so funny because again, like I, too, didn't really connect the dots. And even as we're, like, speaking now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think the reason that I really was drawn towards this and and continue to do it for so many years and still do is because of that, like, the deeper aspect of it as well. And it's not just about the body. Because, yes, working out is great for, you know, the physical aspects, but... there's so much to be said about when you're in like complete and utter connection
0: with like your mind, body, soul. Like, I think that 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 is like the true workout that I'm going for at least. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, and I think there's nothing wrong with these intense mm -hmm. workout styles, right? Right. Of wanting to run fast and hit hard and lift Mm -hmm. heavy and, you know, jump around and do all that stuff. There's obviously a place for all of it, but when you are coming from a space of you know, doing those types of workouts or utilizing those type of movements to fill a void or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're operating from a wounded place, Mm -hmm. right? You're feeling like this is going to fix me. And this is what I need to push through and struggle through in order to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where the issue is. It's, it's not in how you move your body. There's no issue in any way that you want to move your body that you choose to exercise is beautiful and amazing and perfect. And there may be some people who have a totally different story of being in the depths of not moving their body at all. Mm -hmm. And then they get up and they go for a run and they discover that running is freedom to them and it's pure Mm -hmm. joy to them. And it's like a meditative practice to them. Right? So Mm. it's, it's a total different, experience for everybody, depending on where you're coming from. I but like I think the thing for, for listeners to kind of take away from this is not that you shouldn't be doing hit or you shouldn't be doing, right, you know, right. these hard, you know, masculine energy workouts. It's really more about focusing on what is the energy with which I'm showing up? to this practice, right? Mm. Am I coming from a wounded place? Am I coming from a place of not enoughness? Mm. Am I coming from a place of thinking that I have to do this in order to be better or look better or mm. you know be more accepted or be sexier or be more desirable or be more beautiful or whatever, right? So that's kind of the, the, the main thing that we have to focus on is mm-hmm. what is the reason for the style of movement that you yeah. are choosing? right? And, and think about that. And, you know, I think what you said about the experience that you had with bar, which I love bar workouts too. They, that shit burns. It's so hard. And you think that it's not going to, and this is yeah. the classic experience from everybody that is so in their mask in of like, go, go, go harder, stronger, faster, better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they're like, that's not a workout. Like that's not going to be enough for me. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to burn enough calories doing that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, you know, then you go to a class and you do these tiny, tiny pulsation movements and you're like, like, oh my gosh, gosh. (laughs) yeah, I feel (laughs) so many muscles in my core right now that I didn't Mm -hmm. even know existed. But the thing that that brought up for me was this quote that I love that I've been living by lately, which is when I let go, I get closer to my destination. And this is so useful for people who are used to living in their masculine energy of producing, creating, going, pushing, forcing, right? Always trying to be productive, be better, be more, do the next Mm -hmm. thing, get higher, get better, right? Push, 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 push. When we are constantly in this pushing, forcing type of energy, sometimes the best thing that we can do to actually get results is not to push harder or to push more. It's actually the let go, which was my experience, right? I had pushed for so long and I, but I was pushing against a brick wall. I wasn't going anywhere. Mm. So what I actually needed to do was let go, take a few steps back and then realize there was a door over to my left. Mm. Right? Like that was the journey. And this is what happened for you when you went to your first bar class is like, Oh, when I slow down, and i and i let my body move in a different way that i'm where i'm more connected and i'm more engaged and i don't feel like i'm pushing and forcing so hard you know i mm-hmm. actually get somewhere. I actually have improvements, I actually have a different experience. And it's not only a different experience in terms of the physical results you get in your body, but also the mental results, which then drives even further results. Because like we were talking about, once you change the mind, you can change anything. Mm
1: -hmm. So when
0: you start to change your mind about what is required of you in order to you know, be more fit or lose weight or be happier in your body, Mm -hmm. then you start to release weight and change your whole body composition and change your whole life because your mind is now different, right? You're not stuck in that place of hating yourself or feeling like you're not enough or feeling like you constantly have to work harder to become enough, right? So that is something that, you know, I, I think is, is relevant for anybody listening is, If you're in a place like that, if you're used to pushing and forcing, trying Mm -hmm. to control and manipulate and contort, and you're not getting anywhere, it's like you've tried that before, right? Mm -hmm. It's not let's go on another diet, let's start a new workout program, let's download a new fitness app, Mm -hmm. let's get a new trainer, let's go to a new gym, let's start CrossFit or let's do a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the way that you're approaching movement and your body image as a whole is probably the thing that needs to change. Cause you've done it this way before, just mm-hmm. in a different disguise. Mm-hmm. So what if you tried something different, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've, you've tried hating yourself into loving yourself many, many times hasn't worked, has it? So yeah. why don't we try something else? Right. You can't hate Let's your way just way try it.
1: Or, shame yeah. or yeah, that's Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Your grip a little bit. I, just thank you for that that just like wisdom drop that you just did because seriously one I needed to hear that too I think that so often I I love doing these like having these conversations because I think like we get to remember I always talk about this we get to remember and relearn things constantly and it was just it's so nice to hear that as well and and I don't know I think that I I love what you were mentioning about, again, the intention behind the movement, right? It's not what you're doing necessarily because everybody has their own experience with anything and whether that's movement, how you're working out, how you're moving your body, like, where's it coming from? Is it coming from that place of I need this to fix me because I hate myself and I need to lose weight and if I don't do that, I can't look at myself in the mirror and blah, 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 blah. Or is it coming from that place of, wow, I deeply respect myself and this feels so good to do whatever I'm doing. Like, I think that that's such a key difference and- yeah. And I think, yeah, just allowing yourself the space to, to explore that and whatever movement, however that looks like for you. I think that there is such a, I don't know, an allowance there of you get to try different things and whatever works for you gets to work for you and whatever, wherever you can show up with like the best intention for yourself is what you get to do. Like there is no right and wrong. Um Mm, Wow, Sam, I am, I've just been loving this conversation so much. And it's, of course, it's flown by because that's what happens when we talk. Um, So just to wrap this up before we really get going here, I, like I said, I have three little questions that I love to ask my guests. So the first one, get ready for this, is, (laughs) I'm not ready. (laughs) You're not ready. I know, I know. I gave you a warning. Um, Okay. So if you were to have a
0: last meal on earth, what would it be? Yeah, this is the hardest one for me because yeah. I love food mm-hmm. and I love so many kinds of food. And I think the way that I'm going to loophole this question is that I'm going to say, I will have whatever meal my mother wants to make for me because she's an excellent cook and mm-hmm. I love all of her homemade meals. So mm-hmm. we're just going to leave it up to Mama Smith.
1: Mhm.
0: Awesome. That's amazing.
1: It's a good answer too. (laughs) Um, Okay. My second question and you've kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, is there a, a mantra that you have
0: been living by or that you constantly live your life by? Yeah. So like that quote I mentioned earlier is something that's like come up for me and a lot of my clients lately. So I'm living by that one for sure. Mm -hmm. Like when I let go, I get closer to my destination Mm -hmm. and Um, I guess an affirmation or a mantra that I always love and that I use all the time is everything is always working out for me. That's kind of, we talked about this a little bit too in the conversation in terms of understanding that you can't connect the dots moving forward, but they always tend to line up and make sense looking back. So Mm -hmm. trusting that that's an affirmation that I use when I'm in a place where maybe I am being tested in that faith of like, Mm -hmm. this is a really shitty situation and I can't necessarily see you know, why is this happening to me right now? But I'm going to trust and reaffirm everything is working out for me, right? This, this too is serving a purpose. This too will make sense. This too will become part of the destination of where I'm meant to go. So I love that. And there was another one that came to mind that I thought of that has been a theme lately for me and a lot of my clients as well is around productivity. And I actually did a podcast episode about the addiction to productivity, which ties in nicely with what we were talking about of masculine energy, right? Mm Because when we're very in our masculine, we're trying to push and force all the time in our lives and it's Mm -hmm. never enough, right? Right. We're in this constant hamster wheel of trying to be productive and still Mm -hmm. feeling like we didn't actually, we weren't actually productive enough, Mm -hmm. right?
1: So that to-do list just keeps on getting longer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even when you do a lot, you're like, oh, but there's still so much more to do, right? So it's this constant this constant battle. So I actually did this with a client recently and we decided that we were going to change the definition of productivity. Cause when you look up the definition for productivity, it is, you know, about like the, the producing of like goods or services or a cough being productive and producing mucus. Right. (laughs) So it's about, it's it's about like creating things or doing things. Yeah. But I was like, I don't really feel like the way that we view productivity is in service to my highest self. So Mm -hmm. the new definition, the new working definition in my life for productivity is productivity is anything that brings me closer to my ideal lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. So when I visualize my ideal lifestyle, I'm not working all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not constantly cleaning or doing shit just to do shit, right? I am actually relishing in the experience of life and leaving space for fun and relaxation and joy. So why does that not feel productive to me now, right? Why does reading a book not feel productive? Why does just sitting outside in the sun not feel productive? Why does taking a break from work not feel productive Mm -hmm. when actually those are the things that are a representation of where I'm trying to go? Mm-hmm. right? We're, we're all just waiting for the day where we can do less. Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm just going to do more, 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 more so that someday I can finally take that vacation, so that someday I can work less hours, so that someday I can have more freedom, mm-hmm. right? We're just waiting for the day that we can do less. So why don't we integrate doing less into our present existence and allow that to form part of our perception of what is productive? Because if we talk about manifestation, what we know to be true is you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. So Mm -hmm. if you start living with more freedom and flow and joy, you will get closer to that faster. So that is productive, Mm -hmm. right? Taking breaks is productive. Going outside and sitting in the sun is productive going for a walk with your dog that's longer than what you feel like you have time for is productive. Listening Mm -hmm. to a podcast is productive. Laying on your bed and taking a 20 minute nap because you're tired as fuck is productive, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's a representation of what you actually are trying to cultivate in your life. So I know that was a long winded answer, but I feel like that in terms of something that I'm currently living by, that's one of them. And it's a work in progress trying to integrate that. Of course, it's hard because yeah. um, it's, you know, changing the way that we've been built and the way that we've always done things. But I think mm-hmm. that can serve a lot of people. Mm. I
1: thank you for that answer. I, I don't even have any words to to go off of that. <laughs> so just thank you for that. Um, mm. And my, my last question for you is, what aspect of life makes you the most
0: inspired? Yeah, this is tough. What aspect Mm -hmm. of life makes me most inspired? Mm -hmm. I think the aspect of life that makes me the most inspired is the idea of co-creation and limitlessness. Mm -hmm. Like that's what keeps me going, right? Is understanding that I am I am in the driver's seat. I am in this beautiful co-creation with the universe. Like I get to create what I want, right? The future is mm. limitless for me if I believe it to be that way, right? Like that's the most exciting and inspiring part of of life to me is like, it's so unknown, but there's so much beauty and possibility in that unknown if you're willing to like harness it and use it and sign up for it. Mm. Yes that um it's so funny whenever i whenever i feel
1: down or whenever i feel like that that window has kind of shut right like like when the unknown feels scary and there's a lot of trepidation instead of like curiosity and openness and all that stuff i tune into abraham hicks their podcast i don't know if you've like listened to them and they always say that like we are in a constant co-creation with the universe and it's allowing like yourself to, to be that co-creator and, and understand that again, like kind of like you were saying you know, in the last question about how when we are in the driver's seat, we are like, we create more of what we are, right? And not like what we want, right? So it's, it's just really understanding how we, um, like in, in a good way, how we are like responsible for kind of our reality. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think there's like a lens of empowerment there that at least when I tune into it, I always remember I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I have the power to change this. Like, how can I do this? Uh, yeah. yeah. So Sam, this, this episode has been so amazing. I am so thankful that we got to chat today for all of my listeners. Where can they find you? If they want to know more about you, if they want to, you know, if they need a life and mindset coach, like how, um, yeah. Where can they, where can they find you?
0: So you guys can connect with me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. My handle is underscore Samantha Daily. And then you can go visit my website if you want to snag some freebies. I have a free journaling guide for you. I have some free meditations. There's a free self-love meditation right on the homepage that you can grab. So just go to samanthadaily.com. You can also learn more about me there. You can learn about my courses and some of the things that I offer. And then my podcast. So my show is called Makeshift Happen. And you can find tons of episodes, inspiring guests, um, conversations. About everything from money to relationships, boundaries, finding love, success, productivity, mm-hmm. self-care, all the things. So come hang out and listen to the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much.
1: And yes, yeah, thank you for tuning in to the Let's Get On um podcast. I'm so happy you guys are all here. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Let's Get On um podcast. One quick thing before you go. If this episode brought you added value, insight, or inspiration, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help spread the word of my podcast and my mission. If you could please write a five-star review and share this on Instagram, I would be forever grateful. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you. And if you screenshot your review and DM it to me, I will enter you in a raffle to win a completely free one-on-one breakthrough coaching session with me. Yep. That is a $150 value, completely free. So what are you waiting for? I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, let's go.